everybody. This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by our good folks at Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. When your crew beams down to our quadrant for some shore leave, be sure to check out Ripley's Hollywood. Ripley's offers an all-ages experience featuring a collection of art and weirdness from all over Sector 001. Ripley's collection spans from the time before we kept star dates till now. Star Trek, the next conversation listeners get buy one, get one free on adult admission to the auditorium for the month of July. All you have to do is mention Admiral Myra, that's me, and my favorite Trek-era costume, which is the Wrath of Khan Trek-era costume. Ripley's will give you something to discover. Believe it. podcast the final frontier these are the conversations of the friendship matt myra and andrew secunda their continuing mission to seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations to boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt, the cool one. I'm Andy, the smart one. Oh no! <laughs> oh no, you got me! <laughs> Hoisted by my own baton! <laughs> God damn it! Uh, Andy, welcome to season two of Star Trek The Next Generation. It's exciting to finally be here. I'm really just proud of you for making it this far. A lot of people out there said, "No way, he does it. This guy can't possibly watch." What people are really season one? Me like that? Uh, it wasn't. It was more a knock on season one of the Next Generation, and less gotcha. a knock on you right. and your abilities to suffer. I understand that people always underestimate my ability to suffer. Oh, if there's one guy out there who need, if you're like, "Oh man, I need someone to suffer long and suffer hard," most people would go, "Jesus Christ," but they'd be wrong. Andy Secunda. I am, for the record, not saying that I am bigger than Jesus. Just in case, in case that comes up. Andy Secunda, the Jesus of podcasting. Never, never, never I, referred to myself that way. It's weird because it's written everywhere in your office. Uh, but a huge Beatles fan. Though. <laughs> Beatles are the best. Rock and roll is a thing, or Jesus Christ is a person, or religion is a thing. We didn't mean to compare it to anything. Well, that was more of a that was more of a Paul. You did. I did. I was doing a John. That wouldn't Paul be more of a, we didn't mean to compare it to anything. It wasn't Paul's fault. He didn't care. It was up to John to hang everybody. I see. Um, so, Andy, we've uh, gotten through the first season, and I just want to get, before we uh, before we jump in here, I just want to get your overall thoughts on what you thought of the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation. I think it was pretty rough, Matt. Yep. Um, I, uh, I, I really found the, as we discussed last week, the, um, the, the uh, the f- the first season the fact that it was in such chaos yeah really really added up if you look at everything that happened in it it's just crazy it's the it's the it might be the craziest show behind the scenes i've ever seen it's such a fascinating 
for that, a successful show that the fan base is so strong because in almost isn't isn't it a consistent thing with every Star Trek series like are none, none of the Star Trek series are thought to be great at the beginning it's always a couple of seasons to four seasons that's in. That's true. That's very true. However, it's just you a know, real the reverse, testament to the fan base. You got the reverse of that, which is the original series, where yeah. the first two seasons are fantastic, and season three goes a little wacky nunu. In, w- in which one? Season three of the original series, I think, is a little wacky. Um, I think the quality takes a dip in three. Hmm, interesting. Yep. I'll have to revisit. I'd like you to revisit. Okay. If only you had... Well, them on Blu-ray or something. <laughs> sure. I mean, just there's some just way you the, could possibly the 50th anniversary collection is what Matt's referring to, and uh, it'd be cool if it had not only that but ev- like everything. Like the, what I oh, mean sure. is TNG, Voyager, yeah, Space well, they, Nine. They're splitting it up. So I mean, can. how much would that cost? Probably hundreds upon hundreds of dollars. Yeah, but I don't know. I think at a certain point, it's always going to fall. It's not going to fall much higher than about two fifty no matter what you put in a collection mm. yeah i mean there are certain price points wasn't that original not the original but the last lord of the rings blu-ray set they threw out there wasn't that like a fuck ton yeah it was how I, much did you pay for that Andy? I, you know what i never uh <gasps> i never bought them oh on any, i had them on dvd yeah and then i watched them enough that i uh i didn't go back to it for blu-ray really but I, you know, now now I probably will when you and I watch them all. Oh, that's I can't imagine that happening. First, we're going to read the books. <laughs> I can't, oh God! We're going to start with the Silmarillion. That is a uh, <laughs> what? I don't even know what that word is. <laughs> that's prior to the to the Hobbit. It's it's the the prehistory of Middle Earth. That sounds so boring. <laughs> it's the it's prehistory a little rough. of Middle Earth. It's a little rough. I would start you with the Hobbit. Certainly. Oh God! <laughs> but I mean, I guess if I got you through the first season of Star Trek, you could get me through the. First <laughs> First book of The Hobbit. <laughs> Silmarillion is definitely more dense. I mean, what do you call it? I guess the Middle Earth franchise? What do you call like, the world? So there's Lord of the Rings, obviously, but there's The Hobbit. Hmm, that's a f- what do you call the Tolkien universe? I know a better, a better Tolkien um, uh, scholar than me would have an answer for that. Uh, middle, but I assume middle Earth. A, there's the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Right. Yeah, I guess it would just be some. Yeah, I don't know. The uh, Tolkien works. Tolkien, Tolkien esque. Tolkien. Well, I guess it's not esque because it is Tolkien. Sure. Um, or uh, Tolkien or Tolkien. We're just really playing the Doctor Pulaski game here, where we're mispronouncing everyone's name. Doctor Pulaski. Well, I guess we'll, we'll get, get to it. it. We will absolutely get. We'll to get it. to it. Is is a little bit of my catchphrase. This, uh, this show. There's so which much I guess could apply to the whole arc so of everything we have to, to watch. Get to. Yeah, Andy. I know. Um, so we're recording a couple of these before we Andy and I are uh, parting ways for a week off uh, of the Goldbergs. And by the way, my uh, very excited. Oh, I guess it, I'll already have made my decision. Probably by the time we should have announced the last one, I have to decide where to go on vacation. <laughs> So it's between it's been, what and what? Well, currently, the th- there was crazy trips on the table. Yeah, there was my, some Beijing. I was talking was... about Beijing. Yep. And then, because uh, my friend had suggested it, and I was going to go with him. Yep. And then he was like, oh, I might have work next week, so yep. I might not be able to go. Then uh, someone was sort of prodding me to just take my dream trip to Japan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I got cold feet, and I didn't sure. do it, because I was like, I want to go to all the Kurosawa sites. I want to make sure I hit everything oh, I want to wow, hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's a big uh, plan. Yeah, it just became involved, and uh, now I'm not sure. What have you landed on? Nothing I yet. On Is anything. it between anything? No. 
Okay. So if anybody you know wants to act as a as a guide and uh, show me in. This would start. I mean, this podcast goes up Sunday. Sunday, uh, <laughs> Monday so morning. Monday morning. Let them know. <laughs> let You'd know. still have a full week if you let. Basically, what I'm looking for is something where it's going to be. That was an amazing trip. I can't believe that this guy showed me the inside of a space shuttle or something. You know, like sure. a crazy thing that no, yeah. I would never have access to otherwise. Right. 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 Or you know that uh, there were all these naked ladies. You couldn't believe so it. So many naked. So ladies, many naked maybe. ladies and fellas. <laughs> and fellas too sure um okay well if you have a trip for andy and you're thinking about it tweet at him sunday night preferably at secunda at secunda and let him know where he should go and if you're willing to host him somewhere please please let him know i don't mind staying in a luxury hotel while i'm there yeah i mean he can do that too. i just want a great plan he's very versatile uh he sure. needs luxury hotels uh sure. spa spa and right. some some sort of guide sure he's, he's not I'm a very low maintenance. he's not a very demanding <laughs> vacationer uh it's just a rare treat we don't really often get a break in the middle of a show run and uh can i also have my track tra- never so can I have my traditional uh, moments? It's we're in a different environment. We're currently at work at the Goldbergs. Yep. Uh, you know, we stayed after work to do the podcast. Coming to you live from the Sony lot. So can I have my traditional, do I sound weird? <laughs> you can. Uh, I feel like I sound a little bit Oh, I think hollow. you're just listening to weird headphones. Oh, it's the headphones. Yeah. That's what it is. You're listening okay. to it through weird headphones. Yeah. All right. I think you sound even fuller than I. Yes, we each forgot some piece of technology. Mine was my headphones. And mine was just my attitude. Um, so, not true. Andy, yes. uh, being as this is uh, weirdly out of order with how we've been airing things, do we have mail? Are we? Do we have any hails to open? We have some hails because I always store hails I for, love it. For, for such an occasion for ones that aren't episode specific. We didn't have any commentary on. Um, chaos on the bridge. Chaos on the bridge, um, and I'm not sure if that's just coincidental or. Well, I had some just so it. everyone's uh, aware. I had uh, I posted the uh, podcast last night. Oh, let's say at about ten. What time did it go up? Ten forty three, maybe. Uh-huh. At, uh I don't know. At ten fifty three p.m. Okay, John, our good friend John Cooley, uh-huh. sent the following text, and it said, "Red suede, Matt. Red suede." <laughs> dealing with our discussion of what my favorite star trek uniform was and we had a discussion about uh picard's sort of like casual away team leather jacket yeah uh and there was a discussion i was like oh it's a gray suede i was thinking of his tunic and but in the picture doesn't it have gray suede on top no that's leather Oh, that's leather. That's leather, yeah. I see. But there was another one that I noticed on the Inovos website. We got to, honestly, Inovos, come on, let's go. Hook us up with some fucking uniforms, bro. <laughs> I was actually asking them to sponsor us, but we'll take the uniforms. Oh, yeah. If you, um, if you, if you want to pay us in uniforms, <laughs> that works too. Look, let, just cut a different deal for me. <laughs> so he replied. I'll, I'll take these Star Trek II uniforms. Those are awesome. He replied with that, and I said, how did you already listen? I literally just published. It was said, pretty amazing dumb luck i'm baking cookies and it popped up on my phone amazing <laughs> so uh Ooh, i wonder what kind of cookies i'll follow up i can be paid in cookies john. follow up this is the john is our only on topic uh hailer today uh-huh. uh he said oh my god can you can we stage king lear on stage nine at desilu <laughs> oh. <laughs> i'll play gene it was my best cosplay ever to which he's 
sent me pictures of him cosplaying as Gene Roddenberry, holding the script to the Star Trek, the original series, with Rod Roddenberry. The, it's him on the right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here he is on the transporter pad. So he's young pad. Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, young Gene Roddenberry in the 60s. Very interesting. Like, how cool is that? That is cool. Um, so, John, thank you for your for your hails. Appreciate it. Any? John, I, I think you may have accidentally t- taken up the gauntlet of putting on our, uh, <laughs> our Star Trek Roddenberry theme. Maybe we could do it to uh, for the Sci-Fi Museum. I'll play uh, Leonard Mazelich. Oh, my God. Would you be a great Leonard Mazelich? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's we may have to do. We may have to go life character. It's insane. I don't know. We may have to get Adam Sandler uh, to play that. Character. I would get John Pike to play himself. <laughs> you have sure be delighted. Oh my god! It'd be amazing. It'd be absolutely amazing. Chaos on the Bridge. Check it out if you haven't already. Um, all right, Andy. I suppose. Oh you wait. Can... So my question was. Yes. yes. Sorry. On the Inovos website, the Captain Picard. If I'm not mistaken, I'm sure John will have an answer for us immediately. I think you're just the thinking Captain Picard. Of the first jacket era has a black top. No, it was the. I don't know if it was the captain's jacket, but it's one that looks very similar to that one, except that it is black instead of suede. Um, what do you? Oh, sorry, talking? black instead of gray. At the top. Oh, I think that's just the lighting with which the, that picture is in from no. the Darmok and Jalad episode. Uh, the Darmok no. episode I'm is coming up very late in the. Uh, that isn't what it was in the, in the run. I uh, here I am now, looking just scrolling through the ghost the uh, not the Ghostbusters but the Anovos website for Andy. I also like, would like the uh, the Captain Kirk um, outfit from. Or would I be better? Would I be better Spock? Uh, I think you'd be a. Just a big old pain in the ass. Kirk would probably anyway be you my shake it. favorite. If he's doing uh, Oh, it's I guess it's red. Is that? What are you talking about? This? No, that's not that's it. Just that's just the Deep Space Nine. Okay, that's uniform. not it. Oh, oh that's Deep Space Nine. Oh, there was a different one. Hang on one sec. This one? No. Oh, yeah, that that's is That's the Picard jacket. Yeah, so that's black on top is yeah. my point. Yeah, but in the picture he sent you, it was gray on top, which no, is that what was you were saying. No, just the lighting. Look, here it is. Oh, you're saying... The picture, the one you had was... Yes. Yeah. I see. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is nice That's just looking. the lighting. I gotta agree with you. Well, maybe it's not leather. Oh, John, don't email me. I get it. I think it is leather, though. Some material. Anyway. Wait a minute. This isn't just... Oh, is it lighting? I guess it yeah, is it lighting. Is. This is just lighting? Weird if Look I... Look at this. Oh, it's not available in my size. John, fix this for me. I was just gonna buy it right now. That's... Yeah, he's just outside in bright sunlight. I see. Wow, that is really is nice Damn lighting. it. Yeah, Limited stock one. remaining. You guys probably aren't making anyone. Do they have my size? What size do you need? Do you need medium? I'll take a medium. Uh, what do you got? 34 on the arms? Thirty. This is, people this don't want to listen to us shopping. Maybe t- <laughs> people don't want to listen to us shopping for uniforms on a Nova. Uh, <laughs> I'm a 42 regular. No, that's great. Okay. Um, oh, no. Now someone can, can clone me. <laughs> That's uh, all we needed. Quick to the lab. <laughs> Finally, we figured out he's a forty-two regular. I'm a simple person. <laughs> you probably clone me with a couple of simple measurements. Uh, uh, Matt, here. Yes, let's uh, check in with the Admirals Club. Oh, please. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admirals Club. Um. All right. Uh, Zach Dal Dal. Dalem. Mm-hmm. Zach Dalem. Uh, five stars. The perfect combination of love for the source material and acknowledgement of how bad it could be at times. Sure. Can't wait until they get to the episodes that were actually good. Uh, we can't wait either. Um, and for the record, uh, you leave a uh, five-star review on iTunes. You get 
entered into the Admirals Club with a chance to have your review read live on the air here. Live for us, recorded for you. This one's from B12, nice and simple. SCTNC FTW. Nice. Uh, finally, a Star Trek podcast for a Star Wars fan. <laughs> That's funny. Andy nails his theories, and Myra is a whimsical encyclopedia of all things Trek. Keep it up, boys. Live long, and may the Force be with you. <laughs> Nicely done. And from Port Fan in Canada, uh, if you are from uh, a uh, place other than America, uh, and God bless you, mm-hmm. um, um, please uh, email us your uh, a, 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 a photo of your of your five star review at sttncpod at gmail dot com. Um, uh, from Port Fan in Canada, he says, "Set phasers to laugh." <laughs> This one's a dense one. I like it. Uh, like many, I've been on the multi-year Myra podcasting expedition for a while. <laughs> I joined in dry dock on the Nerdist, have been present for our stopovers <laughs> in the land of Phoebe, through the ongoing mission to have a science baby on Matt and Dory's excellent adventure. <laughs> I was very happy to hear we had a new crew member in Andy. His human enthusiasm for the show and podcast contrasting Matt's sometimes Vulcan-like dislike for episodes is irresistibly charming. <laughs> When they are both enjoying the show and little miscues and technical malfunctions occur, the podcast is as fun a romp as through the holodeck. Keep up the good work, and may your journey always be entertaining. Engaged. People are endlessly charmed by your incompetence, we which love is it. amazing to me. I wish that people were as charmed in my professional life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that Andy. Maybe we should give another show. Or in my dating life. No, that Andy. Maybe we should blow him. Um. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that Matt, the, that was the network. Sure. <laughs> um, and Matt, because uh, you'll be upset to know that because of our our uh, our debate last week about whether we needed a an Admirals Club close, our friend Chris Malkowski uh, sent us an Admirals Club <laughs> Admirals Club closing theme. Wow! And here it is. And that was the Admirals Club. <laughs> That's all you need for Andy's brain to close the loop. <laughs> Captain, we are being hailed. And now we're into the hails, folks. Um, and as I said, we didn't have any comments on the... Uh, Chaos on the Bridge. We were too late. On the bridge, but Livingston Picard... Or too early? Either way. Livingston Picard... Um, of yeah, course, I think we're too as we early. all know, is Captain Picard's uh, fish that likes to email us. He, tw- he tweets us a, us a lot. He says, hey, guys, as discussed on this week's uh, at Star Trek TNC, which is our... Or uh, Twitter handle mm-hmm. and our Instagram handle. Yep. Um, Good morning, America visits uh, TNG, and I'll only play you a little bit of snippet of this. Um, I couldn't find anything that that pointed to um, 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 the Patrick weather. Patrick Stewart storming off before that before that moment. But I did have the uh, I th- what I believe is the weatherman sitting in ten Ford. That is for sure, Mike, because I'm inside, still in the Starship Enterprise, and of course you must be properly attired to fit in here, so I've uh, found a commander's uniform, and uh, I'll tell you more about this and this location in just a moment, but first, let's go to the Well, this doesn't track for me, because I'll tell you why this doesn't track for me. Yes. That is a third season uniform. Oh, it's from 1992. Oh, is this the wrong one? It was presented as though it happened in the... In the first season, was it not? It was. But is this perhaps a second This visit? could be the one that they're talking about. I can tell you Patrick about. Stewart is not in this, this one. This could be the one they're talking about, though. Frakes 
Marina Ceratus. 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 There you go. Um, and uh, Michael Dorn. That's from 1992. So that's Michael Dorn, by the way. Handsome motherfucker. So handsome. Michael Dorn is also, by the way, like so well preserved. The man's so healthy. He's a vegan. I wonder if he was a little bit frustrated on some level that's just like I'm better looking than all these people and uh, I'm gonna wear this Klingon makeup take a, take a step back into the Wayback Machine and have a listen to the uh, interview on the Nerdist of Michael Dorn I, oh I thought you were gonna play a no. clip <laughs> he, he was reaching for his keyboard um, but uh, here I'm gonna continue with this yeah, back here in 10 Forward which is the bar and general hangout on the Starship Enterprise and I'm gonna try to sit down in these Tushy huggers. We'll see if they hold up. Oh yes, and uh, I'm still looking for a cup of coffee. You think I can get some coffee around here, bartender? A Romulan. Mm. Yeah, Romulan. Turns forward. Like coffee. What? Uh, what is this? Gorgon stomach extract. I see. Uh, regular or decaffeinated? Both. <clears throat> I think that guy had lived that. Great way to start the morning. With <laughs> Gorgon stomach extract. Here's uh, looking at you. <laughs> A history of a studio of paramount importance in just a moment when Good Morning America continues. I like to think that that was the scene that Patrick Stewart saw just before he stormed off. Because <laughs> I, I would have just on the basis of the comedy. <laughs> it was um, not good comedy. And wasn't uh, comedy. I would love to see that same hit from the Cheers set that they did. Yeah. Uh, Should I move forward? It seems like you're no, go ahead. I'm, tippity yeah, tapping. Top, 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 All right. Top, top. Guys, my mom, uh, uh-oh, do I not have the, uh, I think I've somehow, all right, I'm gonna have to dig up this person's name. Guys, my mom won a weekend trip to Los Angeles when I was eight, and we hit up Universal Studios, being, this was a re- reference to one of our earlier um, episodes uh, that was talking about the um, the uh, amusement parks. And uh, we, uh, I'm sorry, as I'm doing this, I'm looking for for this nice I was looking for this. I just wanted to name. To promote the Star Trek season two Blu-ray. It's from Michael Mark Schultes. That's who this is from. You go ahead. To promote the Star Trek season two Blu-ray, I interviewed a couple of people at one point in my previous life. And uh, I just play a little bit of it. So you guys know each other. We've, we met at the we met at the green in the room. Green room. Oh, that's yeah. nice. You're sharing a green room, by the way. We spare all expenses here. And you know what? You know what's nice? No bathroom. No. Yeah, yeah, no. no. Uh, something with the plumbing on this side of the. I'm not kidding. We used yours. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I have a bathroom. <laughs> uh, now, guys, you're here to promote the Blu-ray release of season two of Star Trek: The Next Generation. How long is it? Otherwise, no. I love the peanut gallery. Yeah, the peanut gallery is fantastic. Great. But I refer to season two as when you guys started to get your act together. That's when... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that how you see it? I do, because you... They moved you to engineering. That's right. That's became the chief engineer that's right. of the Starship. That's right. Uh, Jonathan, you grew a beard. Yeah! That's amazing. It changed a lot of things. It changed it everything. It used to be black. I'm not gonna... I'm not, this is a true story. My mother made my father grow a beard after you grew yours. <laughs> I learned something very interesting. Yes. That I'm very proud of. That in urban legend, Riker's beard uh-huh. means the opposite of jumping the shark. Is that Whoa. right? Is that right? That's when a show gets its stuff together. When 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 it when it gets a Riker beard? Yeah. 
that's when you're really humming? Yes. Wow. You guys, no, so, now, now, the beard, was it just a thing you did in the What hiatus? happened was we, there was a strike. There was okay, a writer's yeah, strike yeah. after the first There season. was a writer's strike. Then we had a meeting with cast and the late, great Gene Roddenberry and Rick Berman and others, and uh, I had grown a beard because I hated to shave. Sure. And Roddenberry, in his vision, <laughs> said, Jonathan, I love the beard. It'll be nautical. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll shape it. And that way, it'll be decorative. <laughs> and yeah. this, decorative? So, this is a true story. Yeah. Decorative, so they drew on my beard. face. They took me to the makeup trailer to the uh, king of makeup, Michael Westmore, sure. who drew yeah. the shape on my face that he thought the nautical decorative beard should be. Westmore, uh, Berman, and uh, Roddenberry all armed with eyeliner pencils. And then they shaved it and shaped it. So this was... Literally a team effort, this oh. beard. <laughs> the beard was a I big grew deal. It. You, did, you did all the work. <laughs> I did the work. You did the work. They made it nautical they and, and decorative. De <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did you feel, LeVar? The second season, they say, hey, guess what? You're no longer flying the ship. We're going to put you downstairs. Well, here's the thing, Matt. You know, Gene always insisted that the ship was so sophisticated that it could fly itself. Ah. And so um, it, during that between seasons meeting, I, I, I sat down with Rick Berman, and, and so the question became, well, we know that Patrick is the captain, and number one is the second in command, and for information, we go to data, and Troy is emotions, and Worf is security. What does Jordy do if the ship can fly itself? And so they had, they thought about it, and they, they tried a couple of engineers, and nothing really stuck. They did try. Yeah. Oh, they tried. They tried. They, they tried. tried. And so it was great. It really gave, it gave my character a place to be and a, and a place from which wow, to contribute. Wow, he suggested yeah, it, was, it. It was really, like, it you just seemed like a move, He was an excellent engineer. And he, sl he slid that chair around. <laughs> Guys, let's he just, so let's, cool with just the right now, let's just pretend that we just got hit by a photon torpedo, okay? Yeah. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're all gonna, and I would like, uh, whichever camera is on us, we'll say to Jim, just shake it left to right real on three. Wait, wait, okay. uh, one, on one, two. Somewhere between one and yeah, ten. Yeah, you gotta no, give no, us I'm a camera no, two. you gotta get some, I'm gonna, I'm, okay. for, we, shake. We, we shake between one and ten. One and ten. Oh. So this is a what? Okay, okay. So let's say shields are at, uh, we'll say 64%, okay? Yeah. You're trying everything and <laughs> Just give us a between one and ten. Number between one and ten, we'll give it up for you. This is a four. Okay. This is a four. <laughs> All right, ready? Uh, on three, we're gonna get hit by a photon torpedo. We right. get it. Guys, come on. <laughs> One, two, three. Oh! I went six. I went six. You called four. I went we six. did four. We did four. Uh, maybe it's just some structural integrity problem in my section of the hull. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you want to see more of that, there, that interview goes on for another six minutes. Uh, you can I check it say, out. There was no coordination which, with, with which way everybody was falling. Yeah, it's the, right? That's the that's the part of the, the thing. You can Frakes find it was if you uh, forward. If you Google, uh, oh, you know what? We'll tweet it from the Star Trek TNC account. All right, send and you'll it, have that send there, it to me. and you'll get to see how I interact with the members of the crew of Star Trek. There's another interview that I did with Marina Sirtis and Michael Dorn. Also to promote a Blu-ray. Uh, that is also fantastic. And that's the one I was looking for. But this one came up and I thought, hey, it's for season two. Very appropriate. I can play a little bit of this. Mm -hmm. And uh, there you go, Andy. That's my previous life as a television host. 
It's amazing. It's really, it really is interesting because I, I became friends with Matt uh, knowing nothing about him sure. other than he had lots of stories about a lot of celebrities. So, that was it. He didn't know like, where they all he came must from. Have, he must have met a lot of people. He must have been very successful. I, at some point, I had a lot of things going on. But now we're here to answer some emails from some Star Trek fans. On that note, yeah. the, um, uh, I thought just to keep in the theme of the beard, uh, Juiced Lassing wrote to us um, is the TV trope growing a beard actually applicable to the show it originates from I always thought season 3 was the real start of the show getting really good and I think Matt would agree I do agree I do agree but it is the start of them as I said to their faces starting to get their shit together he said what would the new trope be called donning the uniform the new uniform dropping the spandex or something Mm. out of the spandex maybe yeah, maybe we could say that. So, was it spandex in C? I don't know. This, this isn't a spoiler. I'll accept spandex is these uniforms, and then yeah, and then when it's the separate piece where it's like a a tunic and then a pants, just seems like that definitely is destined to be a better look. <laughs> um, all right, so. Uh... Oh, so I never finished my uh, thing about Universal. Yeah, let's talk about that. Mark Schultes. Mark. My mom went on a weekend trip to Los Angeles when I was eight. We hit up Universal Studios being early 1989. Not only did we shuttle through the Hill Valley uh, oh, that's great! For Back to the Future Part that's Two. That's awesome. Was great. Um, but we sat in on the Star Trek Adventure stage show. <laughs> had you ever been there? I had not Matt? seen it. No. My memories are a bit foggy, but the design was akin to Star Trek Five: yep. uh, The Shatner Frontier. Yep. Lucky audience members were chosen to become Starfleet officers to fight Klingons who threw large styrofoam boulders. <laughs> I was not lucky enough to be chosen for an eight-year-old. It was still awesome to watch. As an adult, I'm curious how Universal got the right to stage a Paramount attraction. That was. It is interesting. Do you think that it was at that point? I think it was just the fact that Paramount had no had no. Uh, no real place to put it so you right. know, if you can make a little money from universal then why not let them do it um, i just had a little bit of a captain's log that was uh, just from the from the ride let's that hear I it i would play sure captain's log stardate 4121.7 we are en route to akumal 7 an obscure planet on the border of the klingon neutral zone Starfleet Command has directed us to investigate strange signals which have been received from the planet. That's from Star Trek 3. Although this is a dangerous mission, I am confident in the oh capabilities of my new crew who are seasoned professionals. A bunch of people in ill-fitting uniforms. Well, well, okay. crew in the entire Starfleet Command. I am proud to serve with them. Mr. Spock has picked up an unusual energy force emanating from the planet. Stop energizing the A pattern I've never seen before. So they cut in shots of all attempts to Star Trek Two and the other movies. Been unsuccessful. Please acknowledge signal. What do you make of it, Spock? Oh my God! There are two possibilities. They're unable to respond. They're unwilling to respond. Then I'm picking up a, a Klingon vessel. Was <laughs> 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 the key doing checkup? Those are the oh my God, tourists dressed as Klingons. Pretty good. That's a pretty good Klingon that guy's doing. All right. They have subtitles for them. Anyway. Uh, Real fun. That's remarkable. I wish we got to do that. Um, Here's another one. Guys, I'm trying to catch up. Um, Oh, wait. I already read that one. I'm sorry. 
here's one from Darnell Smith. Why I like, I thought this would be an interesting take. Uh, why I like mm. season one of TNG. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Uh, hey, Matt and Andy, now, now that you've made it through the first season, maybe you can understand why it's uh, lamented as the worst season of TNG. Um, the cast and crew were really struggling, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but here's the thing. I find myself watching episodes from season one more than any other season, maybe even season three. Whoa. There's so many wonderful things. I like Tasha Yar, whose absence is felt mm-hmm. for the rest of the series. I like the episodes took their time with story to let us hang out on the Enterprise, enjoy the long procedural scenes like docking the ship and separating the saucer. Sure. I like that the writers didn't know what to do with Troy, Wesley, or Worth for the majority of the season, so they kind of end up doing a bit of everything. That, I actually think, is a valid point, and I think in some ways that's why I rated Naked Now. Was that the one? Yeah, that's the one where uh, <laughs> Tasha sleeps with. Just because it was so crazy, because they were like, I don't know, how about this? Would this happen? Sure. <laughs> so uh, it was bold. I liked how there were so many extras walking around the background doing busy work, which made the ship feel alive. I liked the music in these episodes, uh, incredibly dramatic and telegraphing every emotion. It's much more like the original series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked how Picard mentioned Geordi and Worf, and they in turn mentioned, oh, mentored. Mentored Geordi and Worf, and they in turn mentored Wesley and Ensign's like Sue. I like goofy pontificating over humanity's evolved sensibilities, like when the characters are baffled by money or speak about overcoming war. Season one feels most like the original series, clunky, low budget, but packed full of heart. Buckle in because season two is none of those things. There's a new beard, a new lounge, and a new doctor. <laughs> it sure is. And we should get into that right now. Uh, very good. Which means you have to close these hailing frequencies. Andy, I can't have these hailing frequencies open. You're right. It's going to drive just, me crazy. They're flying around. <laughs> what are we doing here? The... It's going to drive you crazy more than anything. Hailing frequencies closed, sir. All right. I can't believe how weirded out I was by that that uh, sound effect originally when I realized that was the last thing Tasha Yar says. Hailing frequencies close, sir. That it's appropriately eerie. That is the last thing she says that season. Yeah. Well, that's easy. <laughs> no, I would know. <laughs> for um, all right. So it's time, guys, to enter the world of season two of Star Trek The Next Generation with The Child, which is production number 127, and it aired very late for a season premiere, November 21st, 1988. November for a season premiere, thanks in no small part to a writer's strike. The fucking Writer's Guild is at it again, ruining a season of Star Trek. Um, And Matt... Yes, sir. Let me tell you, on this day in Star Trek history, Bon Jovi's Bad Medicine... You mean this? Yeah. Oh, we're all enjoying ourselves. This is what was top in the U.S. pop charts. While in the U.K. was listening to First Time by Robin Beck, The Sands of Time by Sidney Sheldon was a bestseller on the uh, bookshelves. Land Before Time was number one at the box office. Did you like that? (laughs) Yeah. Conquering Disney's Oliver and Company released the same weekend. Uh, And uh, this was the last animated flop before the Disney Renaissance, beginning with uh, Little Mermaid, interestingly. Candace Bergen began her 10-year run as the... Oh, Murphy. Murphy Brown. Mystery Science Theater 3000's Maiden Voyage began on a local show Insane. on TMA-TV. And now, friend of the podcast, Jonah Ray, is 
crazy. The fucking Joel of that. Jonah. You jealous of that? Oh, no. Fucking thrilled for him. Thrilled his for dream him. job. Oh, yeah? Yes. The kid, the, he, I think his love of uh, Mystery Science Theater is my love of Star Trek. Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe your dream job will be someday. Someday I'll be the captain of my own ship. <laughs> Hall of Fame New York Giants pitcher, screwballer, and two-time MVP for the Yankees, for the Giants. No idea. Uh, Carl King Carl Hubble. Sure. At the age of 85. And Time Magazine's cover featuring a grinning HW with the caption, President-elect George Bush savers his victory. Yeah, well, that seems like a simpler time. Yep. Oh, boy. I feel like Bon Jovi's the most litigious. And if we ever get sued for a song, it's this one. It'll be good, good It'll be uh, publicity. <laughs> be a great story for Deadline. I don't know how many crossovers. Bon Jovi sues podcast with no listeners. <laughs> we have. but uh, All right. So, let's talk about it. Okay. I'm gonna, from Larry Nemeshek's beautiful Star Trek The Next Generation companion guide, this is the plot of Season 2, Episode 1, The Child. Yeah. The Enterprise is ferrying samples of a deadly plasma plague for study when Troy stuns the crew by announcing she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. What she describes as a glowing white light impregnated her during her sleep. According to new chief medical officer Kate Pulaski, the fetus will grow full term in just 36 hours. As Picard and his officers debate the security concerns raised by the invader, Troy announces flatly she's having the baby. The counselor has a remarkably easy birth of her son, Ian. He appears completely harmless, but continues his unusual growth rate, aging eight years in 27 hours. Almost, do, almost oblivious to all of this is young Wesley Crusher, who seeks counsel from the mysterious new 10-forward hostess, Guinan, about whether to join his mother, who has left to head Starfleet Medical. He finally decides to stay aboard. Meanwhile... One of the plague samples inexplicably begins to grow, threatening to break its containment and infect the crew within two hours. It turns out that Ian, or at least the life force that took the form of the human child to learn more about humans, is a stimulus for the viral sample's growth. A tearful Troy watches Ian revert to his real form. The virus stops growing, and the ship's mercy mission can finally be finished. Boy, oh boy, that's a lot to pack into an episode. It sure is. And let's, uh, I mean, there's no real captain's log here, uh, but I do want to play the scene of us learning that Geordi LaForge is the new chief engineer. Shuttle base secure, sir. Thank you, Mr. Crusher. Make all preparations to get underway. We're constructing the enclosure on cargo deck five. Um... Transfer has been completed. Dr. Pulaski's being shown to her quarters. We're ready to get underway. Classic Riker sit-down. Take a look at the containment module our chief engineer has designed. Chief engineer. It still has a nice ring to it. Each of these units will have... Yeah! That's how we established that shit. One line of dialogue. Someone was like, we need a couplet to explain why LeVar is now this. (laughs) <laughs> in fairness, uh, Picard says, uh, our, chief, it to our engineer. chief engineer. Chief engineer. So ridiculous. Like the sounds of that. <laughs> Still sounds great, even though we've probably discussed it quite a bit. Uh, so uh, this episode, let's uh, let's hear Jordy's first engineering engineers. All right. One, I've just observed what appeared to be a random energy transference. Where? Aft. Look at this fuck! Look at this camera movement. Hold on, I'll check. A lot of camera movement. 
Look at this. This is nothing like Who Star Trek has ever one? been before. Rob Bowman. No. And Rob Bowman asked data. for more cameras. Problem. Good for him. And he got them. Well, those are power camera moves. You let me know. If well, I don't think they had a gym I mean, on like, set. No, well, I'm sure they laid track and stuff. Yeah, I mean, he just he just got it going. Rob yeah. Bowman was like, "I need this," and they were like, "Yes, Rob Bowman." Uh huh. I wish I had the power to do that. Maybe you should throw your weight around a little more. Uh, it is a lot of weight. Um, a lot can of I uh, this weekend. just what? uh, go, what's that? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Going up. Top round. Uh, oh, top round. Sure. Oh, we did have that yeah. conversation. Good shakes over there. Mm-hmm. Hey, top round, if you want to sponsor us, we will take free shakes. And open a franchise for you. You tell us. Sure. Pick one. Um, a lot of pomp and circumstance at the top of this and just like cool shots and they got the shuttle bay. Showing the shuttle bay, uh, showing a shuttle disembarking. I right love seeing the Excelsior class ship right next to the Enterprise D. By the way, called the Repulse, which yeah. is not a good name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought that was the shuttle bay. I thought that was the shuttlecraft that was called the Repulse. If Oh, was it? Yeah, I thought that uh, I interpreted it as such. No, I think it's the Excelsior class ship. Andy, we'll see. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't think there's any way to prove either person wrong. <laughs> he's saying that because he's not sure, and I'm going to look it up. I like that. Now. I'm like not to see who's right, but to prove the other person wrong is our goal. That is pretty much our relationship. Let's listen to uh, while you're doing that. Uh, the USS Repulse was a 24th Century Federation Excelsior class starship. Well, there you go. Let's see. Deanna Troy get preggers. Okay. Things swoops around. They look around. They don't know what's going on. They shrug their shoulders. Great and go, acting. Whatever. Tinkerbell flying around. Do you think the Tinkerbell is great acting? Tinkerbell's doing a good job. That it's is a very one hairy chest. Her suit crew member. That man is. Mom. A hunk. I'm the guy with the hairy chest in Star Trek this week. What? That's good, dear. Are you gonna move back home? Not no, yet. I no, booked I, it. I just got my good, my big break. It's going under. Little crazy here, I think. Oh, I gotta look like up. it could just enter her belly. Right. However, it decides to go the other way. And how she knows it's an orb of light, I don't know. It's crazy. This is... Troy is now. This is the first of many very strange things that happen in this episode. Oh, there's the captain's log. I do... So what do you think of the introduction of uh, of uh, Dr. Pulaski here? Um, so I gotta say, I know that there's a huge bad rap on Pulaski. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if this is the time to just get into it, but uh, uh, Pulaski did not bump me in this episode, except for the one scene with Data, which I'm sure we'll get to. But overall, my main complaint about Beverly, mm-hmm. or you could argue my you know, my theory about Beverly, sure. which is his learning disability, which I will stop mentioning. Someone has said, lay off of her. Uh, she's she's my favorite. Many people have said that, which I, I respect. I like her as an, as a presence on the show. But uh, um, Pulaski barely makes a mis- misstep in this episode. She's always on top of the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She seems to know what she was doing, which well, is makes sense. Let's uh, let's take a gander here. Let's let's hear the appearance of Doctor Pulaski. 
Lieutenant LaForge says we will be able to engage the warp drive within the hour. Grand. Mr. Data, when we have a complete list of all the specimens we will be carrying, I want you and Dr. Uh, Pulaski, sir. Dr. Pulaski, I want you to go through them. Aye, sir. By the way, what is our new doctor? She reported in. Not yet. Sickbay, this is the captain. Sickbay, aye. Is Dr. Pulaski there? Uh, no, sir. The doctor is in 10 forward. Thank you. Aye, sir. A few hours on board, and already she's found 10 forward. I'll go get her. No. She's a drinker. <laughs> Loves that synthahol. This is the new prosthetic for war. Not the best way to meet your new captain. Look at that beard. That Take beard is everything. Hello, Captain. Hi, Wes. I mean, hello, Wesley. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Almost used my real voice. I mean, uh, yes, Wesley. What if he talked like that? It was weird. He's very uncomfortable hi, with Wesley. Hi, Wes. <laughs> what if he had his Why super is he high so voice? uncomfortable with Wesley in that scene I when think he's talking about it? Because his mom's gone and he doesn't know he what doesn't to know do. What to and he watched him. his father die and his mother's now gone. And now he feels like he might be the sole caregiver for this child that is on board his ship. And he's very uncomfortable with it. I don't know. What do you think, Andy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. While we're, while we're in a little break, yeah. Um, our, our friend Trapper Sean MD, Drake, uh, um, he uh, sent us uh, a. Here's a preliminary draft. Oh, uh, where is it? Here's the original script for the child, which is this episode. It was as it was originally conceived for the for aborted Trek Phase, Phase two. two series in 1977. <laughs> Let me just read a little snippet that uh, Mr. Roddenberry wrote. Interior deck seventeen cruise quarters as the light entity appears uh, enters the empty corridor and passes through a wall into interior Uhura's quarters. The light entity makes its way directly to the sleeping Uhura. It quickly scans the length of her body, then makes another pass, pausing first at her abdomen and then at her head. Uhura continues to sleep, but she stretches languorously as though the touch of the uh, light being on her body is sensual and pleasant. Oh boy. The light entity moves on, passes through Chekhov's quarters, does the same thing to him, then goes to uh, Ilya's quarters, who's the uh, the new crewman in in Star Trek the Motion Picture, mm-hmm. um, who gets uh, V'ger'd. V'ger'd. Same procedure occurs, only this time the entity seems to linger for a long time over Ilya's head. She too clearly enjoys the experience. <laughs> the entity pulls away for a moment and hovers in the air over her, uh, growing brighter and more animated. Then it plunges inside her through her abdominal wall. Her body moves spasmodically sexually, but she doesn't wake up. Her writhing uh, uh, continues until it reaches its a peak, during which her entire body seems to glow. Then the glow appears to gather itself at her head. Her body relaxes again. The glow becomes the light entity, which now removes itself and goes through yet another wall into... Oh, boy. Enterprise. This was... He and he he I assume said, "Look, we didn't get to do that the whole first season. <laughs> this is the opening episode. You've had a writer's strike. You can't write anything new. Here's a script. I need my 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 fan fiction fan fiction sex porn thing as <laughs> the first episode. It's really crazy. Matt is not 
really engaged in the podcast. I just, I just yawned. It wasn't my fault. It, we've been here for so long. <laughs> we, this has been the end of a very long day. We had a table read this morning. Two of them. That's right. I thought I did rather well on them. You did, thought you did rather well? <laughs> Don't want to jump on. Is that what you... Is that, hang on. Hang on. Is that what you just said? I was just... I was kind of just wondering what your take was I mean, on mine. I played a number of characters Andy the, is, uh, at the table read. I would describe Andy as the utility infielder of the, uh, of the Goldberg's writing staff, where when we're at a table read and we have actors who can't show up, it's like, well, we got to give... Uh, we got to give David Ortiz a day off in the lineup. Let's put Andy out there. And like, let me tell you, he's going to stand in there. He might crack a few signals, but we know it's not David Ortiz. Yeah, I like to see myself as the Reggie Jackson of the uh, oh three home runs in the World Series. Yeah, sure, that's of, Andy. You put me in when you know you know, and the bases are loaded, and it's time to. You know what? Uh, acting legend George Siegel, stay home. Andy's got it. I thought I did a very good George Siegel today. The containment area is completed, Captain, and the last of the modules are being inserted. Take us to Warp Six as soon as possible. Acknowledged. This is Dr. Catherine Pulaski. We'll handle the formal introductions later. I like this scene, actually, quite a bit. Counselor Deanna Troy is pregnant. She... She's going to have a baby. Baby? I really like Marina Sardis' performance here. This is a surprise? More so for me. This pregnancy is unlike anything I've ever encountered. Since she came to me a few hours ago, I have done two complete examinations of Counselor Troy. Now, this is the first examination. The fetus is about halfway through the first trimester, about six weeks old. Now, understand, we believe that conception took place 11 hours. Station ID, Lieutenant Commander. Gets better. Deanna Troy. This is the second exam one hour later. Now, it's consistent, except for the fact that it appears that the fetus is several weeks older. At this growth rate, Counselor Troy will have her baby in about 36 hours. The normal gestation rate for a betazoid is 10 months. I don't mean to be indelicate, but who's the father? This, I don't. This I don't understand. This Last is crazy. Last night, while I slept... But I do like her performance. Something which I can only describe as a presence entered my body. A life form of unknown origin and intent is breeding right now inside Council of Troy. Our purpose here is to determine what is to be done about this discussion. Wait, well, let me get this straight. Deanna was impregnated by what? Doctor, what do the tests show? Is it a, a humanoid, an alien? It's a male human. Or in this case, half human, half betazoid. Exactly the same as Deanna. In every way. In well, fact, there is nothing to indicate that there are any genetic patterns other than Tinkerbell. <laughs> I don't think this is a random occurrence. I think there's a purpose. Like, what do you think of this direction here? What? I don't know. I think it's fine. Captain. I like it. Obviously, the pregnancy must be terminated. For the safety of the ship and the crew. War, if you can't assume the intent was belligerent. That is the safest assumption. Captain, this is a life form. Not to allow it to develop naturally would deny us the opportunity to study it. If the fetus is aborted, laboratory analysis is still possible. Doctor, is there any health risk to Counselor Troy if the fetus is aborted? Captain. 
Do whatever you feel is necessary to protect the ship and the crew. But know this. I'm going to have this baby. And it seems that the discussion is over. Boom. This scene, to me, is Bonkersville <laughs> in every way. What, uh, what parts of it do you find bonkers? I mean, the whole episode is, but I think the, uh, the, the uh, in terms of directing, I agree with you. I think Rob Bowman is doing a, a fine job. Yes. Um, start with Riker's reaction, which is an ongoing, friggin' weird thing. Well, that's that, his Zadi's pregnant. He's, he, he's, there's jealousy. There's a tinge of jealousy in his performance. Am I wrong that he left her? This is the thing that came up, so it's... Well, let me just hit this. Andy's common complaints. <laughs> there we go. You don't get to use uh-huh, that that uh-huh. often. Go ahead, buddy. Um, he's... Um, he's he, he's constantly giving her shit anytime she's interested in anyone else. Yep. In this one, she was clearly raped, and he's like, wait a minute, who's the father? Well, who, what happened? I want answers. It's like, what is going on? And beyond that, even if she had, it was a consensual situation, he got no claim on her. He's He's walked away from the relationship. It's just crazy town. It's crazy jealousy. It's crazy. Well, if he was that jealousy, jealous, then he should be with her. Put your phone on airplane mode, Andy. I'm getting a little interference in my earphones. Oh, that was happening. Yes. I appreciate your cooperation. Sure. The matter is over. Are you just giving me something else to focus on? So I'm. Anyway, uh, so (laughs) I do. I will say no. I think you're absolutely right. I think Riker's uh, attitude is bizarre, Uh, and. but I do really like the discussion of everyone like yapping over like what they're going to do to Troy and Troy's like uh dum-dums I totally agree with that and at this that point in the in the, in the moment I was like oh at that point in in history that was actually very uh very progressive to have it be it's fucking Star Trek bro to have it be it's like the- so clearly like alright the, the the lady has spoken um she gets to decide this is a dead issue so to speak. Um, but I don't know that the episode is on the correct, or, you know, I guess everybody, you know, we're in a, we're in a tricky area here for yeah, Star Trek. I'd probably podcast. try to spin out of that as quickly as I Very could. Good. We we're, are not equipped to discuss these issues. I guess issues. I would say is just there, it seems like it's on one side of the equation. And then by the end of the episode, I feel like they get into a real murky area. Well, I think, you know, we can all look forward to next year when the Treks in the City episode of this particular episode, The yeah, Child, debuts. Two people are more equipped to, to talk apart. about this than us. Fair enough. Uh, but I will say something I am very equipped to discuss, which is I love Counselor Troy's maternity outfit. <laughs> And she looks. Nice. I've never seen someone walk onto this bridge looking more fucking relaxed. She's. Look at her. Meanwhile, Counselor Troy's pregnancy continues to progress at an astonishing rate. So, putting aside all the political ramifications. Sure. Um. I am. Uh, characterization wise, it makes no sense to oh, me dude. that she's. Minimally, a bizarre occurrence has happened. Yes. And they have a minor concern that is recurring in the episode of like, 
well, are we sure this, whatever this baby is, isn't going to, you know, destroy the ship, eat us all, do something. But the fact that Troy, it's one of two things. Either Troy's being controlled by the baby in some way, Uh um, and that should be of concern to them, um, or she immediately accepts that the baby is is uh, everything's okay and that's weird like that doesn't add up character wise it doesn't make any sense that everybody on the ship isn't going wait a minute this is a really serious bizarre thing the might whole time might not be time. that serious might be like remember our Starfleet Academy uh, section on uh, random miracle babies well that was something could happen throughout the galaxy I did think of but then that feels like that should have been part of the discussion. Sure. Maybe they were wasting time putting that chief engineer line in. Everybody acts weird in this episode. (laughs) That's my bottom line. I should be feeling uncomfortable with all the changes in my body, but I don't. I feel fine. Better than fine. It's appropriate that Wes is staring. Standard orbit. Standard orbit, sir. Open hailing frequencies. What do you think of... I feel like this guy's right up your alley. Was it? Why, who do you hear? I'm not sure. Somebody show. Hans is still here? I don't know. Somebody wants to make a cameo in the show. No, no, there's Adam and there's Hans. Hey, it's Adam. still there. It's Adam F. Goldberg. Oh, Adam F. Goldberg. Why don't make, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't want, even want, he doesn't want to appear on the podcast? <laughs> he doesn't want to be drawn Adam, in. you can promote your show on this. It's great. We have dozens of listeners. <laughs> Adam F. Goldberg is a well-known Star Wars booster and Star wow. Trek. Star Trek is not up his alley. Cynic. Yeah, you might see that play out later in this fifth season of the Goldbergs. Me, I'm a switch hitter. Uh, you're, you're. I, I lean towards Star Wars. I do. You're to too much of a Star Wars apologist. A Star Wars apologist. Yeah, that's right. I said it. How am I a Star Wars apologist? Yeah, you're like I love midi chlorians. They're the best. <laughs> I never said that. That's all you're saying. <laughs> it's a lie. I'm like, what do you think about Star Wars? And you just can't stop raving about the waters of Naboo. You're like, there's uh, creatures under the water of Naboo. You've only learned enough about Star Wars to make me feel bad. That's all that's happened. <laughs> I never said any of that. It's slander. I'm suing you. <laughs> All right. Why doesn't Qui Gon Jinn come back at the end of Jedi? Qui Gon Jinn? You mean the uh, ghost? Yeah. Qui Gon. Shouldn't he be there? Maybe because they decided the character was completely boring. <laughs> Mace Windu should be there. Mace Windu should come back. That would be nice. I'm just saying. But also, why? You know, why, why are they why, old? Why is why, the, why are they, they being bothered again, from the etc. Why are they old? Why don't they become? I think because I think in the new editions they become young. Well, I th- it's Hayden Christensen uh-huh. in Jedi. Right. And not, what's his face? Not the old guy. Yeah. Um, which it is in the original version. But in the, so what that, but to me, I like it because what that is to me is like when you die, as a Jedi, when you die. You're frozen in time. That's where, that's what you become. That's what you are. And then, so that really like lends credence to Obi-Wan saying Darth Vader betrayed and killed your father. But how so? Because when he's explaining it to Luke, he's like, essentially, when Hayden Christian, when Anakin becomes Darth Vader, yeah, that's when Anakin died. But then, why? If by that reasoning, why isn't the uh, the Force Ghost of Anakin around? The Force Ghost of Anakin is around only after after he dies. Only after. Oh, he I dies. see what you're saying. I'm saying he was. I bet he was the midi chlorians. The midi chlorians have to be released. 
into the fire. <laughs> the <midi. laughs> if they also, like, they don't explain, like, how... Midi-chlorians. Besides oh, the midi-chlorians. Yes. We're in a weird Star Wars tangent here on the Star Trek podcast, but don't worry. We're all fans of everything. Uh, Obi-Wan fading away and disappearing much like Yoda does. Uh-huh. I just I, that part of it I'm like, what is that? What is that? That's how they go, isn't it? It's not how uh, Qui-Gon goes. It's not how dozens of Jedi go. Qui-Gon fall where, what happens? He gets he Qui-Gon gets, stabbed gets stabbed in the thing and then just falls over. By Darth Maul and just yeah. falls over, yeah. but are you sure he doesn't disappear then? No, they burn his body. Oh yeah, that's valid. I think I vaguely remember reading somewhere that it depends how you died. That's like if you're ready or something. I don't know. It seems like, well, I guess that would make sense if they were if both Obi Wan and Yoda would have been ready. Whereas Qui Gon died. Uh, oh, I feel like the prime corrective is going to come hot and heavy for this section. Can you use a prime corrective for a Star Wars correction? <gasps> I don't know. It's never been done. <laughs> this kind of thing's never been done. It may destroy the whole thing. Anyway, feel free to pipe in, Star yeah, Wars fans. Do you think, I bet Adam does know the answer to that question. If only he hadn't. I can. I can. Do you want to text him? Or I can't. You made me turn off my thing. Uh, pop around. Difficult See if he's still me. there. I'm going to play this nine, and talk this to the is audience. Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. Ah, the Enterprise. Here at last. Well, good. Let's get going. Excuse me. To whom am I speaking? To whom are you speaking? I'm Lieutenant Commander Hester Del, medical trustee, Federation Medical Collection Station. Are the specimens ready for transfer? Yes, but with your permission, I would like to inspect the containment area before we proceed. Now, it's not that I doubt the ability of your crew, Captain, but we cannot afford a mistake. I appreciate your caution. In the like vein, I want a complete, detailed manifest of everything you intend to bring aboard my ship. Very good. I will allow you access to my computer banks, okay? That guy's casting is so bizarre to me. Like, he seems like he's got the hair of Captain Kangaroo and the mustache of an elder Tom Selleck. I, uh, I'm going to look him up to see if I can figure out what else he's in. This is what happens when Andy runs away. Uh, Andy, I was just talking about the... Uh, Did he say anything mean about me while I was gone? <laughs> yes. Uh, this... He's character. texting us, by the way. Oh, he's texting us the answer? Yes. <laughs> he refuses to speak on the podcast? You know, he was thinking about it, and he was like, he said, is, well, maybe they're because they're Jedi Masters. And I said, uh, well, you're saying Qui-Gon wasn't a Jedi Master? And, he said, and I said, text us. <laughs> uh, I was talking about this. Is yours off? Is your off or on? Is my what off? Your phone. Uh, my phone is on. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I was talking about the casting of this Picard this guy and how Enterprise. bizarre it is. Ah, the Enterprise. Here at last. <laughs> Seymour well, Cassell. Let's get going. <laughs> like, why, why put him in here, though? Why put him in here in this role? I totally agree. Well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a oh, two-minute kind of time. Right. He's a character actor, right? He's He is a famous character actor. He's been in Cassavetti's films. And, you know, the more mainstream. He was in Indecent Proposal, Honeymoon in Vegas, Twilight Zone, Rushmore. Um... Just, just a giant in the world of character acting, and I will say, I feel like you could see the difference in his in his performance immediately. It was so organic and like and and interesting, and, right? And and even when he's sort of casually talking about the stuff or he's upset, it's like it does it. It kind of feels like a professional 
responding to that situation. Whereas I always kind of feel, generally speaking, whenever you have side characters that are reacting to the technical or scientific situations, they're always leaning on what's happening. Right. And I have to tell you right. what this is. And he was just like, it's this. This is what's going to happen. It's a really bad <laughs> he's situation. Very like, he's very straightforward. To whom am I speaking? To whom are you speaking? I'm Lieutenant Commander Hester Delp, medical trustee, Federation Medical Collection Station. Are the specimens ready for transfer? Yes, but with your permission, I would like to inspect the containment area before we proceed. Now, it's not that I doubt the ability of your crew, Captain, but we cannot afford a mistake. Anyway, I... <laughs> I really enjoyed it. He was really something. Like, so... Like, his hair looks like Captain Kangaroo, as I said to the... He does have the greatest. I said the, Captain Kang- the hair of Captain Kangaroo and the uh, mustache of an elderly Tom Selleck. <laughs> That's how I described him to the audience as you were gone. He does look like someone dressed him up as a character actor because he's such a character actor. You don't have to do anything, Data. Just be with me. There's nothing to be nervous about. Nervous? I find this very interesting. Although I understand, in technical terms, how life is formed, there is still a part of the process which eludes me. The child inside you Are you able to access his thought process? Does he have thoughts? You are aware of him. Is he aware of you? When does that awareness begin? It's happening. How does it feel? Data. Yes? Now. 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 Doctor. 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 What do you think of this vaudeville act that uh, Brett Spiner put on here? It, uh, it, 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 to me, confirmed the data theory that he's just messing with everyone. <laughs> 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 what if I uh, just pretend like I don't doctor, understand doctor. what's going on while this woman is having a baby? What'll happen? <laughs> <laughs> What'll happen? Is he, are you presupposing that he might be a human being? Uh <laughs> an amazing <laughs> amendment to the theory. Oh, that's great. <laughs> just, just in his shower, he just paints himself white, puts this on is, a haircut. This is my favorite theory, and it's not even mine. <laughs> would explain also why he's, uh, why he ages. It would also explain, like, I mean, he does things, he's very fast, and he reads very quickly. Oh, Data is a human. Oh, I'm so sorry I missed this one for myself. Um, I'm going to play the uh, the theme for you. Oh, finally. Uh, let's see. Which oh. which one would you like, Matt? Hey. Do you want the long one? Do you want the... I like the long one. Do you one. want the jazzy I one? I do like the long All one. Right, here we go. All the bathrooms at Who let an android have a cat? Just pretending to be so dim No one knows the answers Least of all him, it's Sandy Steve <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Data's a human Oh, that's really what I was getting at when he was fucking with people But you, you read the next, the next, uh I got there, I got there You extrapolated So, uh, Deanna has Ian Ian Andrew, named after her father, Ian Andrew Troy. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, they go to visit the baby. Deanna, I wanted to see how you were and have a look at your baby. My goodness. Yes. It's a growing child. It's weird. How old is he? An actuality day. Yes, but... In appearance, almost four Earth years old. Ian? 
Say hello to Captain Picard. You mean he can talk? Hello. <laughs> Pulaski looks like she just fucking smelled a whiff of a silent fart out of Picard. <laughs> like, that is like some acting, like, that just I just find so odd. Earth years old. Like, watch it, watch it again. Watch the reaction yeah. she does. But it says Say when, hello, when Ian says hello. You mean he can talk? Hello. <laughs> what is that? Why is she so afraid? Because he's, he's a child of the damned. He's terrifying. People, she's reacting appropriately. Well, let's hear the scene that everybody's been talking about from the child, which is uh, data. Okay. Data or data. Yep. We finally get an answer that we've already known. Look at this. Whoops. I fucking uh-huh. fucked up that cue. Uh-huh. I'm a regular Andy Secunda. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> we are ready to begin loading. We need a little more time. It's taking longer than we anticipated to categorize these specimens. Data, look at this. Data. What? My name. It is pronounced data. Oh? You called me data. <laughs> What's the difference? One is my name. The other is not. Is this possible? With all your neural nets, algorithms, and heuristics? Is there some combination that makes up a circuit for bruised feelings? Possible? I'm she's un- pretty. She's she's pretty dicky in this scene. I do. Actually. She's such a dick to Data throughout this throughout the season. Is she really? Yeah. Does it is it ever explained what her issue is? It's. It, I think they just tried to recapture a little bit of the Vulcan McCoy situation. Gotcha. You know, except that he's a harmless uh, participant in that interaction. Who uh, Data? Data. Right, she's, Data's not she's sparring. Shots Data's not he's sparring. Just sort of going like, "Why are you being a dick to me?" Whereas <laughs> Spock would always mock humans. <laughs> I am immediately concerned about your theory, just because she did a scan of him, and like, why wouldn't uh, why wouldn't people have noticed it unless he figured out some way to rig the uh, <laughs> rig the? Uh, I mean, not, let's not let's also skip over the part that he has an off switch. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Then also, that was another thing I was thinking of, and then he can move at super speed. Maybe he's just a superhuman being with mechanical insight. Andy, is this? He's pointing to uh, Mrs. Gladstone. Is the, Mrs. Gladstone uh, the teacher? Arnold teacher. Schwarzenegger's is she Detective John Kimball's partner in Kindergarten Cop? Oh, interesting. No, I think that that is a different person. I looked up this woman's credits. Oh, and it she was... looks a hell of a lot like Detective John Kimball's partner. Let me double check. Ian, uh, who I really wanted to Ian. know. Oh, this is a thing to, to throw out to everyone. Child. He wants to. Is who it wasn't even listed on Memory Alpha. Who is Jordy's um, number two in engineering? Sweat McGee. Is that what? He's very sweaty. No, is it? Oh, oh yeah, it was that guy. Yeah. Oh, the guy at the very beginning, right? Wait, was was there a girl too? Oh, I, I'm I'm just referring to the guy that's sweating uh, when he is. I'm going to show Andy the scene right now. Oh, yeah, there's that guy. <laughs> Look at how wet he is. He is wet. I have never seen someone. He's very frightened to be near life. the near that warp core. <laughs> um, 
by the way, these puppies on the ship, are they holographs? Oh, that would be amazing. That is the first thing I would do. Or are they puppies? I would create a giant uh, puppy pit for me to roll around. Which means there are dogs. (laughs) And kiss the puppies. This Uh, is... uh, All right, let's get into this child a little bit more. Have you ever played with puppies? They had a litter today in the nursery. No, Ian. I, I don't think I've played with puppies. You should come to the nursery while the puppies are still there. Perhaps later. She immediately fixes him. <laughs> so you're saying that Dr. Crusher would have struggled for a little while. I can't Had to do run anything. some tests and then figure I it out. I need to run wet. more tests. Is that better, sweetheart? Everything's going to be fine. The kid doesn't know the difference between a hot stove and a cold stove. himself to be burned. Mm-hmm. For the experience. Who is he? That to me is very manipulative. Is he, he did that. What does he want? But also, it's like, why? How did they quickly arrive at that conclusion that he allowed himself to be burned? They understand that this thing is only two days old, right? And might not have so far learned that hot things are hot. That is valid. Yeah, it wasn't clear enough. I agree. Uh, I, I, underwritten, maybe. Uh huh. Unless he put his finger in and too long. Could have. Yeah, maybe it's maybe that's too. Her but again, I think it's. It's very iffy. Anyway, this woman's name is uh, Dawn Arneman, mm-hmm. and uh, she's just a journeyman um, actress. Has been in a lot of different things. About last night, Crime Story is a nurse. Hunter is Devin. Oh, just Hunter. one episode. Did you like Hunter? That was the one with. Um, that was didn't that take place in Boston, Hunter? Um, renegade cop who breaks the rules takes justice into his own hands. <laughs> so Did that jog your memory? <laughs> so far, nope. L.A. Uh, but so Hunter is the balding Fred, gentleman, Fred right? The, el- the old, bo- bo- older balding gentleman. I don't know. It depends how you count balding. Fred Dreyer, here. Uh, yeah, that's how I count balding. Oh, balding. Yes, I thought you said bald. No, Andy. Okay. I didn't say bald. I'm very okay. sensitive to it. I'm getting no, hair plugs no, as no. soon as I can afford them. Well, I wish you luck. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, she also played Seinfeld on... She, uh, she didn't Seinfeld? Play Seinfeld. This is crazy. <laughs> do, do you remember her playing I don't, Seinfeld? I don't. Was this like when it was called the Seinfeld Chronicles? It yes, was her. Before they recast it with oh, Jerry. Jason we were like, Alexander. what are we doing? we got to get Jerry gotcha. Seinfeld totally, to play this character. Totally. Uh, no, in Seinfeld, she was in the cafe, which is the episode I think where, and I don't know, I guess she must have been George's girlfriend who makes him taste take an IQ test. I believe that that was her. That one I don't remember. And then he has Elaine take it, and then and then uh, she comes back in and and busts because Elaine got a got a good score. Huh? He says my. I don't remember that understanding. One. And she was also in L.A. Law as Doctor. Doctor. Speaking of doctors, here's a doctor of your heart, Guinan. <laughs> this scene with her and Wes? Yeah. What did you think of this scene, buddy? I don't have a fully formed theory, but I have a partial theory something? on it. No, nothing. I just like to stand here. I don't blame you. It's beautiful. Yeah. How about a nice cup of Moruvian tea? No, nothing. You'll be leaving soon. 
Whoa, the ship's turning away. That's cool. Look at this in the light. Look at the light yeah, they're doing. That, that's got to be mean, Rob Bowman in touch. He's really on, on his game. Well, it could be the lighting guy, too. What do you like, see hey, when you look out there? You want, me, you want me to make it look like they're moving? <laughs> hey, that's a good idea, I Harvey. Just, I can just turn this up. And there's Arnab. And there's Epsilon Indy. It's not what I mean. But I see dead I mean, corpses floating there, by my hand. Don't you see your future? It'll still be there. What about a cup of nectar direct from Prometheus? No, nothing. That's the third time you've asked me. Real short fuse. What I'm expected to do. Don't you always do what's expected? I oh, shit. Snap. Even if it's not what you really want. Sometimes. Sometimes it's more important to consider others before yourself. Mm. Yes. Mm. But sometimes the game is to know when to consider yourself before others. Give yourself permission. Oh, to be oh wait. Right. So give give yourself permission to be selfish. Interesting, guys. So look at this warp. This is amazing. It's crazy. It's really good. Really cool effects. And I will also say um, they have this totally unnecessary but awesome. Um, shot from outside from outside above 10 forward with all the a little bit a little bit too many mechanics showing on the outside for the enterprise in my opinion but and then they pan down so that's cool then they have the warp they have the light it's really too neat too many mechanics i'm gonna take a look at take that. a look just before the scene but i will oh, say this you mean this this the fuck is that yeah too many open kind of unshielded what is this Oh, so that's the center array. That's the center phaser array. Oh, cool. On the on the front of the ship. It's right above 10 forward? 10 forward is deck 10 forward. Like, so there's two... So here's the thing with this. This looks like it might not even be 10 forward because the angle of these... The angle that this is at right now yeah. with these windows going down like that, Uh huh. that's like deck 12. So if you look at... Hang on, Andy. I'm going to pull something up for you. Okay, look, in the meantime, I'm just going to say, uh, Guinan, I feel like what's happening in this scene, and I don't know I don't know what Guinan's motivations are fully, but uh, Wesley, I believe, someone actually, a, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't remember the, uh, the listener that, that proposed this. I'll try and dig it out. But um, a, uh, a listener proposed that maybe what happened was that... Uh, Part of the bluegills, the uh, the uh, creatures from conspiracies, plan uh -huh. was to get Beverly promoted to head of Starfleet so that she could put the bluegills into everybody, and so that's where her promotion comes from. Mm. And I think this was not, however it happens, I think that was not in Wesley's plan. I think he wanted to maintain control of the Enterprise, and now he's completely disappointed and pissed off because the the Enterprise, which is the ultimate plaything of the psychopath is now slipping from his hands and Guinan senses this and is encouraging the psychopath to refocus to be selfish to not to not do anything else other than continue his random acts of senseless hostility and aggression so it looks like they're on deck like the way the angle of the windows are it looks like they're on 11 forward so what i assumed 
all that mechanical stuff was, I assumed, this section of the Enterprise D. Right here, this line. Right here. See uh, what I'm saying? And so one of those and windows then, is And then right they're below down it. here, it's right? Like, here or like that's what it would be. Uh huh. But this is 10 forward right here. I see. On the ship schematic. So interesting. I'll, I'll read about that, I'm sure, later. And someone will tell me everything I need to know. Meanwhile, we got Matt, some problems. I was in, in the middle of a theory. And you very rudely interrupted me. So sorry. I was looking for your thing, and I asked you to vamp, and I forgot that you were actually making sense while you were vamping, which is not usually the case. I was vamping, which is with not usually the case. Information that about would go Wesley in the show Crusher, and I'm one, so sorry. One way or the other. I'm sorry. Please. I was basically theorizing. I don't. It's not a clear theory. In fairness to you, <laughs> but I was basically theorizing that Wesley is upset um, that. Uh, that, that Beverly's gone and now he feels like he has to leave is all of his all of his psychotic plans are falling apart and Guinan mm-hmm. strangely is the one who who turns him around and says act selfish think about yourself follow your psychotic plans which makes me think Guinan is part of some larger power and I don't know what the history of Guinan is because sure. when we touch on it in this is I don't know if that's the moment you're about to show but when when people prod her about her background she's very shifty about it um, I think Guinan is a very malevolent force on this ship. And I'm not sure what, how, yet. All the time. People say you're very old. Oh? And that you knew Captain Picard when he was on the Stargazer? No, I never knew the captain till I came on board. Well, everyone's very curious about you. Guess I'll bet they are. Yeah, they, they want to know where you're from. And where do they say? Well, they say that you're from Novacron, and that, uh... Mr. Crusher, report to the bridge. Aye, sir. Gotta go. I look Novacron up. It has no... It's just for this moment. Guy is an Alorian. Is that a... Thanks. Is that a spoiler? No, just what her race is. For a dish of Dovlarian souffle? No, not for the souffle. For pointing me... Back to my for the rest. psychotic plans. That's why I'm here. Thanks. I'll kill you last. <laughs> I'll kill you last. Andy's theories are very interesting because he's really smart. Boom. Here we go. Why this module and not the others? Computer, run diagnostic on module L73. All circuits functional. Why is it not Major Barrett's program? I'm guessing it's the computer on board the thing he Kelvin, built. Radiation oh. flux zero, stasis field nominal, everything exactly the way it should be, right down the line. Perhaps it is a sensor malfunction. Computer, inquiry. Is growth actually occurring in module L73? Confirmed. Doctor, one of the specimens is growing. Destroy it now. I can't. Data, prepare to jettison the module. We can't do that either. It will go into a spore and remain until it comes into contact with a planet or another ship, and the results would be disastrous. Commander, your attitude tells me that no matter how bad I think it is, it's actually worse. This is not going to hold it. Go on. The rate of growth is increasing so rapidly. Within 30 minutes, it's going to push out of its module. Within two hours, it'll break out of the containment area. No, 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 it can't break through this. Yes, it will. I think that's a great performance. Captain. 
that is. We may yes. not be able to get control of the situation. It's, I think it's just I jarringly unlike everyone else. Non-essential personnel to the saucer section. And if we lose containment, we should be prepared to separate. I feel like when he's up against Maybe Patrick so. Stewart, why this one specimen? They're fitting the nicely. Others. Something is stimulating it. Do you have the ideology? Do you know how it was developed? Yes. It's right over here. It's a mutated strain developed by Dr. Susan Arrest during an outbreak of plasma plague 70 years ago in the OB system. It was number nine in a series of 58 tests. This particular one bombarded by low levels of Eichner radiation. Not Eichner radiation. Oh, Eichner radiation. Could exposure That's the worst to Eichner kind. radiation stimulate growth? It Eichner? But I. I've got some. A very old device. Where is your tricorder? I don't know. It wasn't here before. Well, it is now. What emits that type of radiation? A subspace phase inverter. We don't have one. Certain cyanoacrylates? Also not on this ship. What else? Because it's here. We better find it. Oh, no. It's oh, hang Lil, on one sec. Keep... It's Lil Lee, and I'll keep playing for Actually, you, Andy. I think it may be later. Sorry. Yeah, it's later. Sorry. It's basically Ooh, when I he never, calls. I never knew that that happened. It's pretty amazing. I can feel that some of the people are very worried. That makes yes, sense. I feel it too. You know, you're parked next to a star. You want to go to sleep. Got to have blackout curtains like Finland. Sure. Did he eat anything? Did he fall? So no. I'll just say, Commander. I don't remember where the moment is. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if I can find it. Andy's moments are very stupid because he's really smart. Well, it's very contradictory. But what? bottom line is, there's a full ship crisis. Yes, they sir. They said it's going to destroy everyone on the ship. Uh-huh. And, then they send and in- Troy goes, there's something going on with my alien kid. And everyone, Data, Pulaski, Riker, everyone immediately leaves and goes to Troy. Not even knowing that he's the cause of the, the incident yet. Well, I think there's still a security risk they're all worried about, right? Well, Why isn't Worf does, there? I don't know. Does that mean call everyone away the from the virus the that's about to escape? Radiation. Ian said he's the reason the ship is in danger. That analysis is correct. I'm losing life signs. We'll just jettison him out into space. You must save him. I like the... Close caption says device trilling. Yeah. It's a good description by the closed caption people. I'm sorry, Deanna. It's <laughs> going to turn into light that you're going to eat. I think she just pretty cool effect, right? She just kisses it. Oh, oh I thought, actually, she, I thought she ate it. No, she just puts it to her face and then it flies away. To impregnate some other lady. Is she kissing it or whispering? Thank you, mother. (laughs) I must go now and be with my people. You will not be forgotten. I'm going to use this window. Goodbye. (laughs) By the way, totally ripped off from Starman, this whole thing. There's a star man waiting. Commander Riker. Oh, sorry. 
I forgot there's still a crisis on the ship. That's what everyone forgot. Everyone forgot about the crisis. Do you want to... Well, whatever. And anyhow, they just cram in at the very end. It's like, well, what was it? What happened? What was this thing? Why was Deanna not freaked out the whole time? And Deanna just goes, oh, he wanted to to realize, you know, to to study humans and and experience the birthing process. And now it's all fine. And it's just like, what? What the F? That's it? That's what we've been watching for an hour? That's right. It's really crazy. I can't believe this was the season two opener. Transporter room three. This is the captain. We have arrived. Let's make this transfer O'Brien. Aye, sir. I'd be glad to be relieved of this cargo. Tell me about it. That was Worf. Captain? Could I see you when you have a moment? In my ready room when your duties permit. Thank you, sir. How long is it going to take to develop a vaccine? I love this. We may never develop one. I've never seen a more ill-fitting uniform on a man. No, let's hope not. Stand by to energize. He's delighted to be about to be transported. Well, I guess I did it. Finally, I get to go to my home. Data, you can lock onto the first group and begin transporting on my mark. Come. Hello. Captain Picard, I've thought about this a lot. I want to remain on the Enterprise. I can't make my regular fee if I'm not on it. I can't survive on a guest star's salary. No, sir. Before I do that, I'd like your permission to stay. Wesley, it's a little more complicated than that. Captain, this is where I want to be. This is where I feel I belong. Captain, transfer complete. We are ready to leave orbit. Make it so, number one. Return to your position. I've got to keep looking at this still image. (laughs) <laughs> hmm, it's not moving at all <laughs> Data was right <laughs> Data knew it wouldn't work This is Space Station Regular 1 All systems secure no. Take us out of orbit, Mr. Crusher Lay a course for the Montgomery Quadrant Yes, sir Ensign Crusher has requested to remain on the Enterprise I'm not surprised How did you respond? I haven't as yet, number one. I didn't think that it was my responsibility alone. His remaining will create difficulties for all of us. Yes, indeed. With his mother gone, who will see to his studies? Exactly. Of course, that duty will fall to Commander Data. And who will tuck him in at night? Come on, Commander. I will accept that responsibility. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, you know he'll get his sleep. Well, then that takes care of the practical, but there's more to growing up than that. It's my belief, number one, that you're best qualified to supervise that. One of us must fuck him. (laughs) Is that what the subtext is? (laughs) Yes, I can do that. Now, Mr. Crusher, communicate with your mother at Starfleet Medical Headquarters. Give her my regards and tell her that you have my permission to remain on the Enterprise. But I will abide by her wishes. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. I know she'll agree. You have horse and speed laid in. Yes, sir, they are. Now, Mr. Crusher, engage. Warp 9, neutral zone. Here we go. (laughs) Wait, no! (laughs) 
Well, what a weird episode. What a season two opener. Andy, I can't believe we've made it this far, and I'm just really happy that we're finally getting somewhere. Are we? Might not seem like it, but we will get there in season three. I mean, the beard was the thing everybody talked about. <laughs> to me, this episode is almost crazy, the craziest one yet. It's up there for sure. Uh, had some moments, none of them great. Uh, I do. I am intrigued by the Guinan character. Yes, Guinan's I don't, a lot I don't know fun. how much that pays off. I think that uh, I've only, I, don't, I don't remember much. She, uh, but she's, um, but they could do a ton with with her. Whoopi Goldberg yeah. seems good in it. And so far, except for the inexplicable dickiness to Data, Pulaski seems fine to me. Maybe she'll become more terrible as time goes on. Uh, Andy, I did want to show you yeah. this two minute and forty one second clip. Okay, that might help you with your uh, after this Red Lobster uh, ad plays here. I, I well, Red Lobster muted the not ship. A I muted, muted the ship. I didn't Red mean Lobster to do that. Uh, on our show. Sir, the away team is signaling from the planet's surface. Commander Data is ready to beam up with the artifacts. This sounds exciting, Will. I wonder what they've discovered. Well, we'll find out soon enough. Have them come directly to the observation lounge no. and tell Dr. Crusher to meet us there. Aye, sir. Just that Troy finally gets a uniform. <laughs> Who are those guys? Writers, I'm sure. So, what do we have here, Mr. Data? ship's computer has identified these items as articles used by an organization on Earth known as Comic Relief. Oh Their my purpose goodness. was to raise funds to combat homelessness in the late 20th century. Among the items we found was a video cassette. We've downloaded it into the ship's computer. <laughs> Do you know those people, David? Yes, these three humans were the hosts of Comic Relief. Billy Crystal, Robin Williams, and Hoopie Goldberg. Hoopie. What kind of a name is Hoopie? Is it just me, or does this Hoopie person bear a striking resemblance to Guinan? You don't think. Nah. Comedy. What about these items, Data? What was their purpose? This particular item was known as a T-shirt. When an individual made a monetary donation of 30 units of their currency, or dollars, to comic relief, they were given one of these for their contribution in fighting homelessness. For a contribution of $60 or more, they were given a T-shirt and a sweatshirt. It's too bad these were ravaged by time. They would have been a valuable find. These items weren't damaged by the passage of time, Commander. They were destroyed during transport. Seems they were made of a 50-50 blend of cotton and polyester. Polyester? I thought that material was outlawed in the 21st century. (laughs) You couldn't give these shirts away today. (laughs) Well, anyway, it's funny. uh, It's a little fun they had uh, on there. I felt like with the introduction of Hoopie to the show, Andy would enjoy that. Uh, It's Comic Relief, 1994. Take a look at it. If you haven't seen it before, please check it out. (sighs) Andy? Yeah. We have to play a trailer for the next Wait, episode. What about MVC? Oh, Andy, we have to choose the most valuable crew member of this episode. Well, it's the MVC 
and the NBC Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? Gotta fill the time with something At least until season three Ain't it the truth? All right. What are we doing? Who's the most valuable crew member this time around? I think it was got to be Pulaski. Dr. Pulaski. I was just going to say that. Right? She seemed to have the most uh, to do with the plot. Uh, she was involved in both stories, unlike yeah. everybody else. And, uh, and everybody else was acting insane. <laughs> she figured out that it was radiation that was causing this growth on this uh, on this uh, thing. She, she ushered in the baby. She ushered in the new life form. She found the radiation. Yep, she was at the at the point of figuring out where the radiation was coming from. There's little to no doubt in my mind actually the more we talk about it the more i believe dr pulaski is on the board with one m v c good job um dr pulaski suppose it's time now for us to rate it with our handy dandy rating system known as the andes or some other method of ranking we're working on it um, you fought me on naming this this system, Andes, and I feel like now you've come to love it. Well, now it's like a, you know a, a word in the English language that I don't question, <laughs> even though it was originally weird. <laughs> uh, who would like to go first here on how many Andes they give this episode? Um, it's interesting. I don't know. What what do you want? What, what's your impulse power? Full impulse. <laughs> I really apologize for that. Shut up. Uh, I, I'm happy to go. You I would, go first. I would. Uh, I would happily say that this uh, episode is uh, smoothly at a two. <sighs> There's a lot of good stuff. I do like Pulaski. I like Guinan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like so much of the Rob Bowman direction. But it's just so crazy. It's really frustratingly crazy. And uh, the the characterization, all over the place characterization of how people are reacting to this situation really disturbs me. So even though the quality is higher, Mm -hmm. I'm still going to give it a one and a half. One and a half. One and a half and two. So far, season two is averaging (laughs) 1.75. All right, um, Andy. All right, now we want to take a look at the uh, next episode. I got it right here. Oh, you got it. Okay. Here we go. Here we're going to hear the trailer for Where Silence Has Lease. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Shields up. Go to red alert. Fire torpedoes. A surprise attack hurls the Enterprise into a mysterious void. The sensors show nothing out there. But a sinister alien traps the crew in a deadly experiment. We will fight you. It's a desperate battle for survival. Initiate auto-destruct sequence. On the next exciting episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation. There's a lot of action in that episode. I mean, there might be too much action in that. Firing torpedoes are setting auto-destruct. We we won't find out until until next next, next week, guys. That's That's true. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot happening in our lives right now. Yeah. So many... Uh, reasons to stay tuned with the promise that the show gets better which at this point I'm not sure if Andy believes us <laughs> uh, it's been a it's been a rough, rough a bumpy start to season one uh, season two rather yeah um, 
but I think at the end of the day, we're all we're all going to be better for it. We haven't gone through it all together. You sounded like you said bitter, and I'm not sure that that's wrong. Hey. No. You left me alone at the Goldbergs. This is the worst. All right, just got to get my... And disengage. <laughs>